Hello, welcome to The Content Show. I'm Simon Carney from click to view We've got an absolute ripper this week. Uh, Jay Mueller from Bad Producer Productions. Uh, he's the, uh, the executive producer of uh, some cracking radio shows in Australia, but also some of Australia's most popular podcasts. He's talking to us about what makes a great podcast, what if you're thinking of setting one up at this time, you know, what you need to do, what you need to think about, um, all really great advice. It's about knowing who your audience is and what they're going to use your content for. Um, podcasts are fantastic in, in that they allow you to go really deep on really obscure topics. They allow you to connect uh, very easily with an audience that shares your passion and, and your interests. We're also talking to Simon Kemp, um, who's, who's the, the statistics, the data wizard um, who he puts out an annual report about what's going on, on the internet plus monthly reports. His monthly report is just out yesterday uh, on April and it's full of amazing, amazing insights into what we're all doing online as we're all in lockdown. Um, some fascinating stuff to come with that. The people are a lot more comfortable with video than perhaps they would have been this time three months ago. Plus our regular, our regular chat with David Austin, our editorial content director. When I heard it, it reminded me of kind of like bad health spa background music you know when you're getting a massage or something and there's like a little water feature in the in the corner and finally Artur Maxianov and I go through the week's new releases in branded content how to not to die from boredom great show coming up stay with us welcome David what is it? It's week three of isolation and we've just found out we've got another six, well, not not including this week, another five to go. Mm -hmm, yeah. How are you feeling? Still still happy to be at home? So far, yeah, it's not too bad. Although now we have to plan uh, school holidays at home with nothing to do. So yeah. that'll, be, that'll be a content uh, angle coming up is, you know, the home <laughs> holiday content. Well, that's, um, that's interesting. That's what we're talking about today is... Um, is, uh, is, is making content at home. Um, mm -hmm. Global web, web Index has found, you know, whilst advertising is plummeting, um, content consumption at home, because everyone's locked down, is through the roof. And then, you know, something like 80% of people are watching more content um, because of the lockdown as a mm -hmm. result of that. <clears throat> One interesting um, fact out of India, TikTok, TikTok and YouTube are asking their creators to make stuff at home. Mm -hmm. um, YouTube said that the daily upload of videos with at home in the title has gone up 590%. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the, the question is, we got, we've got the technology to, to make mm -hmm. stuff at home, but what, what do we do? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Obviously, now the thing that's different now is that everyone does have the technology. You can use your smartphone and pretty much create anything. And then for a lot of these platforms like TikTok, you know, these are basically one take videos you don't you don't even have to do any editing. If you have an idea, um, you can just riff on it. And, you know, 30 seconds, 90 seconds, um, that can be your successful video. Um, a lot of it comes down to your, you know, the same age old problem like writer's block. You have to come up with an idea first and you have to be able to be a storyteller. And, you know, some people are um, better than that at, than others. Um, you know, I, I've noticed a lot of people who are already creators but now they can't leave their house you know they're doing they've segued really easily into this role you know like jack black is just he's doing lots of really short goofy videos constantly from from his house um 
a, a friend of mine who's a comedian in, in New York, Rory Scholl. I think he's going a bit crazy, actually. He's, he's all by himself in his house with his cat. And his, but his, his uh, Instagram feed has been keeping me entertained with his little... Yeah, most of them are about 30 seconds, you know. But um, they're kind of just parts of his regular sort of routine that he does. Um, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. I was looking... Um, so uh, Guinness... Um, uh, well, they didn't do anything at home. They used a, a bunch of existing footage. So brands are getting in on the act too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the U.S. hotel train, DoubleTree, um, doing sort of recipe videos. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the 90s, made one one video with um, with its uh, sponsored stars keeping fit indoors, like a like mm -hmm. an exercise video. So mm -hmm. I guess we've got, to, we've got to do what we can with the, mm -hmm. the resources that we have. I saw a, a beautiful one. I think it was. Uh, um, the, the, the Paris Ballet or something like that with all of, all of, all of the, um, the dancers uh, mm -hmm. practicing at home in time to the same piece of music. That was lovely. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I think there's been so many examples of like symphonies and other kind of uh, musical groups doing that same sort of thing, uh, doing what they can. I also saw, you know, a famed B-movie producer, Roger Corman, who made so many of the great B-movies of the 60s and 70s. He's put a challenge out for um, he's asking people to make B movies at home and then send them to him, and so he'll choose like a winner and and be sharing uh, ah. the best uh, best home B movies. That's fantastic. I think that you know what it, it, the the creative fervor. It's the creativity that rises to the fore. I mean, a lot of a lot of um, things are going to fall flat, but some things are going to be great. You just know it. Um, right. It's quite quite exciting. Mm -hmm. And you know, because it it is it is kind of a known creative. Uh, element that by putting limitations on your um on what you can do that forces you to be creative in other ways absolutely absolutely mm -hmm. one one thing i've got to point out and we'll play this for you as it goes is um uh, a bunch of bored coronavirus scientists um uh somehow translated the structure of the virus's hook protein or the, mm -hmm. the protein hook mm -hmm. um, into music mm -hmm. um and now well, it's playing at the moment. Okay. What do you, what do you think, David? What's what, like? What do you think of this song? Oh, I love the idea. You know, I always like it when it, when you can take information from one domain and, and translate it into something else. This particular uh, track composed by the coronavirus, when I heard it, it reminded me of kind of like bad health spa background music. You know, when you're getting a massage or something, and there's like a little water feature in the in the corner. I think the challenge that needs to go out now is to take the, is somebody to publish the music mm -hmm. and then rearrange it. So I want to hear a death metal version. Yeah, I think that's more in line with the Corona's uh, intent. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, David, I know you're a huge fan of podcasts. Have you been watching more or listening uh, to more, I should say? You know, I, oddly enough, because I usually consumed it on the MRT when I was commuting to work, was my main time that I listened to podcasts. So I've had to kind of shift. I've, I've actually been listening to less podcasts because I don't have that commute two times a day. So there's a All few right. ones I've been listening to that I, you know, I want to keep up with the, the episodic nature. But uh, some of the others I've have kind of like slipped away because I just haven't been spending that much time, uh, have that much free time anymore. Well, coming up next, we're talking to Jay Mueller from um, Bad Producer Productions. It's, it's mm -hmm. the, um, they're the producers of some of uh, the most popular um, podcasts coming out of Australia, um, mm -hmm. globally popular um, podcasts. They're doing very well. So he's going to tell us all about um, 
what it takes to, to do a podcast. Interestingly, I, I read somewhere that um, podcast consumption now is has shifted completely from those commute times to around 11 a.m., which I guess is when, hmm. um, if you're working from home, you mm -hmm. sort of take a little break and have a coffee. Yeah, coffee break uh, podcast. Well, great. And well, before we go, if anyone is going to be taking a coffee break uh, podcast, please check out the Foreseeable podcast, which is on the globalization page of the Lee Kuan Yew School of Public Policy. That's the podcast that we produce for them. And uh, those are like 20 minute discussions with uh, some of the academic experts and experts from other fields on some interesting topics like racial harmony in Singapore. Uh, you know, the different, we talked with uh, Tiki Pangestu, who's a former WHO official about the COVID-19 response. Uh, Leong Ching about recycled water and new water in Singapore. So maybe people can check that out. Yeah, we'll put the link on the screen. And I just want to say, David, that that podcast has an absolutely awesome host. I don't know who he is, but fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. His voice puts me to sleep. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Simon. Okay. Have a good day. You too. Okay. We're back on the content show. I'm Simon Carney and I'm talking today with Jay Mueller from Bad Producer Productions. Hi, Jay. Hi, Simon. Um, Jay, you, uh, you're a radio producer, um, a sports producer, and, and, and a podcast producer. Um, tell us a bit about what makes a great podcast. I think the, with, with anything that you're doing content-wise, Simon, it's about knowing who your audience is and what they're going to use your content for. Um, podcasts are fantastic in, in that they allow you to go really deep on really obscure topics. They allow you to connect uh, very easily with an audience that shares your passion and, and your interests. And, you know, I think that as, if you have a real strong sense of who you are, what you're doing, why you're doing it, and then what is your audience going to do with this piece of content? that that is uh, what makes a, a podcast great. Because an audience that would be interested in, say, you know, a random topic, maybe they're interested in uh, wooden bookshelves. I can see your bookshelves on the call. And maybe that's their sole interest and they're passionate about it, how they're made, how they're constructed, and people sharing that. Well, if it's the content and the idea and the topic that is foremost in their mind, then the audio quality for them may be secondary. You know, I think that... There are two types of podcasts, and there are ones that fill that niche need for a small group of people, or in some instances, a very large group of people. And then there are other fantastic, you know, well-produced narrative podcasts that tell stories in ways that are really creative, have a robust soundscape, and sound like nothing you've ever heard before. I think that from a quality standpoint, um, it's very... It's very easy to do a bad podcast. It's very easy to get the quality wrong. It doesn't take a lot to get the quality right and make sure that you're doing it so that people who are listening to it on earbuds can hear as they walk down the street, as they go about their business, as they commute. And as long as they can interact with it in that small, intimate space between their ears, then the podcast is going to be fine. Now, what makes a great podcast is I think one that answers the majority of those questions with really strong answers.
Now, I'm guessing um, you're down in Melbourne, um, yes. Bad Producer Productions, and I'm guessing that's what you guys do. So perhaps you could tell us a little bit about what your agency does and how it helps podcasters. Yeah, we, we produce podcasts. We started out as a, as a media agency a little more than four years ago, and we did a little bit of everything. We did media training. We did corporate videos. We did consulting jobs with how organizations can uh, improve their content strategy. And then we slowly transitioned into a podcast company, which we started with one podcast, Game Changers Radio, which is with the former head of Southern Cross Stereo National Content, Craig Bruce. He had an idea for a podcast that was similar to the, the podcast version of the Actors Studio, interviewing people about their radio careers. And that was our first podcast. We then started a, a whole bunch more. Before you knew it, we had five, and then we had six, and now we've got 10. Um, and it's just grown from there. We wanted to look at ways of telling stories in interesting ways. We wanted to work with, on good projects with good people. And that was our sort of our, our mantra and what pushed us forward. And we thought, you know, if we can find interesting people and good people that want to tell their story, we can help them do that. We can help them with the quality. We can help them with the distribution, with the production, and we can do that so that it becomes a partnership. And what has developed now over time is, is the Bad Producer Podcast Network. And it's going very strong and doing really well and is exciting to see it grow into other areas uh, around the world. Fantastic. Does, do you find that the... Um that you know, once you once you win over the win the audience, the the money and the monetization just follows. Yeah, the audience is the first thing. Yeah, uh, and I always remember a, a podcast producer visiting Australia several years ago, Mark Maron's producer, who said that consistency and quality were the two main things. They wanted to put out a consistent product. They wanted to do it in a way that would allow the audience to develop habits uh, and listen to their podcast whenever it was available. Monetization was second. And I think that if you if you go into the podcast thinking, all right, we're going to make a lot of money off of this, well, that's not the place where you should be at the very beginning. The very beginning should be, how do we produce this? How do we do it consistently? How do we do it in a way that works for us and works for our audience? Um, monetization, this is still the, the $64,000 question, literally, right? This is still, uh, there are organizations that are willing to sponsor um, for example, the Final Word Cricket podcast, which is one of our most successful podcasts, uh, has a 12-month sponsorship with Seabus Super. And that is built largely on the relationship between the hosts of that particular show and that organization. And it's worked out really well for everybody. Um, then you have the other podcast, Game Changers Radio, which has done some sponsorships with really um, targeted companies that are in the radio industry. You know, um, it is something that the podcast for a sponsor to come on board, it's got to fit in with their marketing strategy as well. Podcasts have to be part of a bigger picture. Podcasts for podcast's sake, I think, are the podcasts that you share with a couple of friends and a few people listen to it and they enjoy it and they say, oh, that's kind of fun and it's neat. Whereas a podcast that's part of a larger strategy for a client, for the hosts, for the production company that's doing it, those are the podcasts that do really well. They are a podcast that are not only a podcast, but are part of an overall strategy. Fantastic. How did, how did you get into this? Ah, um, I've loved podcasts for, for years and years and years. I was working for Triple M Radio in Melbourne, producing The Hot Breakfast, which is a, a breakfast show. And um, 
you know, there were a few other things that I wanted to do that weren't necessarily triple M. You know, I wanted to do some some NFL things. I wanted to do some American sports things. And I wanted to, to do a couple of other things. And so we started Bad Producer Productions with my partner, Astrid Edwards. And, you know, we named it Bad Producer because I was working with Mick Malloy, an Australian comedian, who when something would go wrong, no matter what it was, he would just say, hey, that's bad producing. That's that's bad. You're a bad producer. <laughs> All right. So, well, I'm going to actually own that and turn it, you know, bad as in good. I was, I was, I was, thinking, of, um, I was thinking of that, that movie company, Bad Robot Productions. Bad Robot. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so, you know, <clears throat> it was really, it was sort of, the, you know, the, the cliche, right? We had an itch and we wanted to scratch it. And so we got into it because these were things that we wanted to do and projects we wanted to work on that um, they weren't being done in other places uh, that we were working. And so that's just then led to this whole series of being able to work with really cool people on really cool projects. And and it's been great. And, and doing things that, you know, when we started out, we never thought we were going to do a what was effectively a radio play with Tony Martin. And that became Childproof. And, and we've done all sorts of different podcasts. And now we're, you know, really looking to experiment with the form, um, how it's done, how these things are produced, and, and the stories that we can tell through them. Wonderful, wonderful. So I got, I, I got a, a, a sort of dual question next. This isn't yep. your only job because you're the executive producer of a very popular radio show in, in Australia as well. And, yes. And then what's the difference between great radio and a great podcast? I, look, I think there's a lot of overlap. I mean, great radio, again, the best shows are the ones that know their audience. They are the ones that know what they stand for and they are the ones that know who they are and why they are going live every day. Um, so I'm back working with Mick Malloy again. I had a, a couple of years away from Triple M and then I came back late last year and working with Mick Malloy and Jane Kennedy on Kennedy Malloy. And yeah, it's, it's you know, it's like anything, Simon, it's it's time management and it's, it's being really clear about when you're doing certain things for certain people. And, you know, we're, we're pretty fortunate in that we've got a great team at Triple M, got a great team at Bad Producer, and then the two really work well together. Um, but great radio is again something that you know provides a service and provides entertainment or provides information to an audience in a way that they can use it in their lives. And I think that great podcasts do a very similar thing. The thing with podcasts that is different to radio is that podcasts um, it's audio on demand. Listen yeah. to it whenever you want. You know, we can put out an episode of Team Effort or Game Changers or The Final Word, and we can put those out, and then somebody can explore that, listen to it, discover it at any time. Whereas when we go on air today at 4 o'clock uh, across Australia, that show starts then. Now, yeah, there will be a catch-up. There will be a podcast after it, and people can engage with it that way. But if you want the live show experience, you're listening to it on the Triple M app or on Triple M Radio or wherever you're going to get it. It's an interesting time because as everybody is in self-isolation or lockdown or quarantine around the world, people's habits are changing completely. And so the majority of our listeners for the history of the show were people in their cars yeah. on their way home from work. And a lot of those people are no longer in their cars, no longer on their way home from work. So we're trying to get them to change their habits to where, hey, if you're at home, you can still listen to the show. You can still get involved with us. And it's a really important question that I think radio is going to have to answer very, very quickly in the short term. 
Yeah, you're going to have to rename it for something else from drive time. <laughs> yeah, home time. Yeah, home time. Um, what, what advice would you have for brands who are thinking about um, starting a podcast as part of a communication strategy? I think that, uh, again, it gets back to know why you want to do it. We have had plenty of calls from brands who say, we want a podcast, we've got to have a podcast. You dig a little bit deeper and you go, actually, you don't need a podcast. You don't, you don't need that. You need a newsletter or you need a video series or you need uh, event, an event strategy. Um, and then you might need a podcast to help market all of those things. Yeah. But I think that the, the best brand relationships are ones where it is a true partnership of the brand says, okay, we're going to do this. We want brand awareness. We want to be mentioned. We want to be your partner. We want to work with you on this content. That's up to you. Um, we have just partnered with future women and penguin books, Australia for a podcast that launches in uh, a week actually. Um, and that's been a great experience because that has been two organizations that have gone, you know what? We, we know what we want. We know what you can provide. Do it. Make it happen. And those are those are the best experiences because there's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of creativity that we can get into. Um, and we're working with some really good people on that product with um, some really good organizations that are providing us the means and, and helping us and guiding us to deliver something that they want and that we think the audience is really, really going to like. Um, it's It's been great. I mean, just the, the two-minute trailer that we've put out um, the two organizations have gotten behind it in a big way uh, and they've marketed it really effectively. And just the, the trailer has had, you know, multiple thousands of downloads, which, you know, is really exciting because the episodes will do more. And uh, I think it's something that people will get a lot of enjoyment out of for a long time. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I'll, I'll look forward to that one. Um, finally, uh, everyone's stuck at home, as you mentioned. Um, yeah. There's a lot of... Uh, creative fervor out there probably a lot of people thinking about starting a podcast what what would your uh, what would your, your sort of top three pieces of advice be to to an aspiring podcaster yeah if you if you want to start a podcast know what your idea is first and foremost what what do you want to say what 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 truth do you want to put out there into the world what what do you want to put out there and what do you want people to connect with you on then you need to have a, a strategy and a plan of how do you get it to people Right. Because if you if you just make a podcast and then put it up on a, on a platform like Omni, well, it's just going to sit there. No one's going to find it. There are now what did I see earlier this week? A million podcasts in the world. I mean, it's an extraordinary number of pieces of audio content that you can choose from. So how do you get it to the people who are going to be your audience who are going to listen to it? So what's your idea? How do you get it to the people who are going to listen to it? So who's what's your idea? Who's your audience? And then how are you going to do it, right? How are you going to do it? So are you going to do it with proper recording equipment? Or are you going to do it via Zoom calls? Are you going to do it on headphones? What What is, what does your process look like to do this? Because recording, editing, publishing, they always take longer than you think it's going to take. Damn right. It always takes that little bit of extra time <laughs> that you think it's going to go. So if you think... I'm going to get this done in an hour. I'm going to get the whole thing done in an hour. Okay, maybe in 20 episodes time, you'll get the whole thing done in an hour. But if you're just starting out, give yourself that little bit of extra time to get it done because it, it will take that just that little bit extra to get it up and going. So what's your idea? How are you going to get it to the audience? And then how are you going to do it on a consistent basis? 
Fantastic. Um, Jay Mueller, Bad Producer Productions down in Melbourne. Thank you very much. That was great chat. Thanks, Simon. Excellent. Thanks for being with us. Simon Kemp, wink. welcome to the uh, to the content show. Thank you. So your um your report has just come out literally um literally a few hours ago as we record this. Yeah. Um, and it, it, in some ways it tells us what we already knew that people everywhere are spending more time online, yeah. um, especially in countries where the lockdown is tightest. Um, from what you're seeing, how stark are the changes to the way we live our live our lives online and I guess the question everyone's asking is, is this is this going to change us all for good? So for the most part, it just seems like an extension of what we were already doing, which is, I suppose, a relief in some ways. Um, an awful lot of the increases that we're seeing relate to stuff that we previously only did in our spare time, and now we're doing a lot more of it because an awful lot more people have a lot more spare time. Unfortunately, it's one of those weird things where everybody wanted more spare time, but probably not in these circumstances. So yeah, lots more social media use, lots more watching streaming services, lots more of the stuff like playing games that we used to do only occasionally are now doing a lot more often. And obviously some forms of e-commerce a lot more of, and sadly some a lot less of. Yeah, absolutely. I was just, when I was when I was talking to David just before he um, we were talking about podcasts and the it, David's a huge fan of podcasts. Interestingly, because he's not commuting anymore, he's actually his podcast um, sort of listening hours have, have reduced because he's yeah. at home so much. So it's it's fascinating stuff. One of the things I thought was fast, was really interesting was we've been talking about creative fervor this week, mm -hmm. and I think you're. Your, the figures you, you've put out um, show that something like 15% of people are, 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 sorry, I, I say this right, 15% are creating more um, videos and uploading videos online. Is that correct? Is, uh, yeah, so a lot, a lot more people are taking time to create their own video content and publish it to various different kinds of channels. Some of that will be on platforms like TikTok. So you're gonna see a little bit more of those short form fun videos. Some of it's a lot longer form content and they're uploading it to platforms like YouTube. We seem to be spending all of our lives on video chats as part of Zoom or as Hangouts or House Party or wherever else it may be. So a lot of people are a lot more comfortable with video than perhaps they would have been this time three months ago. And that may be part of the reason. But also, I think an awful lot of it is just ways to combat boredom. <laughs> Absolutely. Out of, the, out of all these platforms, are there any clear winners? Are there any are there any platforms that are really um, sort of drawing a bigger audience um, in this time compared to others? Yeah, so I think it's no surprise Zoom's been all across the headlines because it's had such a massive rise in use, especially for business purposes, but even just for sort of hanging out with friends and family, Zoom's a popular choice as well. So in terms of the data that we've been able to access, and admittedly not every piece of data is out there and it's certainly not perfect at the moment, but data from App Annie, great analysts of uh, what's going on in the world of mobile apps. Uh, their latest data shows that Zoom was one of the top 10 most downloaded mobile apps in March. So definite growth for them. Uh, we're seeing increased time spent across pretty much all of the social media platforms. I don't think that comes as a surprise, but it's useful to know that the data back up the hypothesis as well. So plenty more time being spent on all of the usual suspects but especially platforms like TikTok which are relatively new they've certainly seen a little bit of a boost over the past few weeks 
In terms of absolute user numbers, actually the data wasn't quite as extreme as I'd expected. I was thinking I was going to see a lot more new users signing up, but that was probably a little bit naive of me. It's not like this has suddenly changed in terms of the number of people that are able to use digital. And I think most people that can use digital already use social media. But what we have seen is a little bit of a resurgence in some of the platforms that people use a bit more sporadically. So Twitter, a big beneficiary at the moment. Uh, we've seen quite a big rise in the number of people using Twitter in the last month compared to the number of people that used it in December. Do you, uh, one, of the th one of the interesting um, data points was that across all social platforms, the, the, the bigger um, uh, sort of growth or usage is from women. Does that mean that, that women were just much more disciplined about their social media use before? Or, I mean, what, I don't know, I don't actually know what the um, ratio was before, but why do you think that is? So we tend to see women as more frequent users of social media anyway. So when we talk about the growth of women using social media, this is mostly in terms of time spent. It's not like you've suddenly got a large number of new women starting to use social media. So they've been spending a lot more time on social media over the past sort of well, since the lockdowns began, if you like. So certainly since the start of February and especially since the start of March, we've seen a significant increase. Um, I suppose this is this is going to be dangerous because it's making general sweeping statements based on gender, which is always a dangerous thing for a white <laughs> male guy to do. But tread, we should um, tread carefully here. We should definitely tread carefully. My suspicion is that women tend to be more sociable than men, and therefore they are turning to social media as their primary means of interacting when they're housebound. Obviously, an awful lot of people stuck in their homes at the moment, so social media is the only real way that they get to socialise. Women tend to be better at making time to meet with their friends and spend time with them in the physical world compared to men. That may be a general statement, a sweeping statement again, but you know, that's, tends, that's the sort of the social stereotype, if you like. And my suspicion is that an awful lot of that activity that did play, take place in the physical world has moved online. So it's just a lot more of that socializing that was taking place in the real world is now taking place online instead on social platforms. That's not to say that men aren't spending a lot more time on there as well, but we have noticed that a lot of the spare time that men have has been converted into things like playing video games. The stereotypes coming through very strongly in all this data, it's great, <laughs> isn't it? Plenty of provocation for debate and argument. So talking about video games, and I, I, I'll wrap it up on this question. Just myself, I'm, I've not been a gamer since like for, you know, 20 plus years, um, but I, I, I did go out and, and get a couple of gaming consoles, um, gaming uh, controllers to use with our Apple TV. Um, for the, just for the wife and I, something else to pass the time. I wonder if you've seen um, much more sort of new user take up in the gaming sector um, as a result. No evidence of it being a lot of new users across the data that we're seeing, although my suspicion is that we may get a little bit more insight into that in the coming weeks. But the crucial thing to note is that consoles, obviously a big part of gaming, but a vast majority of that increased time in gaming has been spent on mobile devices. So again, data from App Annie, really interesting to see the number of downloads of mobile apps over the last number of weeks. It's like 30% higher in March compared to December. So just awesome huge growth in downloads and then great data from Global Web Index as well showing that the amount of time that we're spending playing games also increased. So if you've been playing a lot of games over the last few weeks, you're certainly not alone. And I suspect that this is one of those few things that will likely continue. We may not have as much spare time, but people are getting back into the habit of playing games. And I think we'll see that endure even after lockdowns have passed. Lovely, lovely. Well, um, amazing job as always. 132 slides, 7,000 words. I don't know how you do it. Um, the, 
the URL for the report is at the bottom of the screen. So if, you, if you, anyone's interested in um, having a look, um, I'd thoroughly recommend it. And um, thank you very much, Simon Kemp. Thank you, sir. Great to be back on your show. Excellent. Thank you. Hello, everyone. You're watching The Content Show, and we're back with our final segment for the day where we cover the latest branded videos with our scripted content director, Arta Akmetsianov, who's also Singapore's most famous Russian comedian. Arta, how are you? I'm good. Hello, everyone. Hi, Simon. You, how's your isolation? All good. Now we know that it's going to be extended for another month, so just hanging there, hanging there. Yeah, I'm thinking about doing an isolate, a COVID calendar so I can just mark off the days. Maybe I should just etch them in the wall. Yeah, just don't break the chain. Don't break the chain. <laughs> exactly. So I'm um, getting straight into it. Uh, the first video of the day is um, from uh, for another one from Zoom, the, uh, the, the webinar platform of the moment. Yeah, uh, Zoom is uh, basically making a video uh, that is kind of summarizing that you can use it for multiple things. Uh, it can be even some remote medical uh, consultations, of course, some business meetings, some creative stuff. Uh, just today, my sister in Germany sent me the screenshot with like 20 students actually having a lecture. And you know, in Zoom, they have this customs background. I think you tried it with space. So I think a couple of people actually were calling in from space. So um, yeah, definitely we can see the rise of this conferencing tools, tools and uh, webinars and streaming services. What I really like about Zoom is the way they can put all the faces up there in the little squares and you can record that call um, so you can see everyone doing it. And I, I did a webinar for Facebook the other day and somebody was asking how they do that um, thing where like, you know, the choir or the musicians, they all get on there and they sing the song mm -hmm. at the same time. So I think that's probably one of uh, Zoom's best selling points at the moment, especially for content creation. Yeah, that's that's really cool. The um, So TWGT, now that's a Singaporean brand, isn't it? Um, tell us about what the uh, what this video is. Uh, that's an interview that the, the local uh, media, the Straits Times, did uh, with the co-founder and the CEO. Uh, from the sounds of it, he must have some French roots. Uh, but he's a very passionate guy and he basically talks about his vision for the tea brand and the shops are very famous for its unique design with a lot of glass and kind of gold and wood. And um, one of the interesting questions was that he confessed that actually he drinks local tea, Te O and Te Alia, uh, when he has an opportunity to compare it and also he feels that it's a very good connection to Singaporeans. Very nice, very nice. Um, so Google, uh, Google Trends. This is a this is a video about how sort how searches for how to help are um, are, are on the rise. Um, this is a positive sign for humanity, don't you think? I think so. I think so. Uh, and uh, hopefully, it's not like uh, less requests of uh, how to how to not to die from boredom, but actually something more useful and helpful. How to help people in need and. Uh, Google likes to make this sort of videos that are kind of driven by the search requests, but then the B-rolls show the, the theme and um, we definitely see that a lot of people want to actually make something meaningful, not only just sit at home and basically do nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's a perfect example of data-driven storytelling. Exactly. Um, and then uh, transfer-wise, which is, this is uh, the, um, the low-cost uh, foreign exchange service, um, 
explains the hidden foreign exchange fees charged by banks. This is this sounds like an expose. Of course, of course, uh, but it's done in a very cool way. It's kind of uh, cut out animations with some uh, Monty Python vibes. For example, the dogs like talking, saying, "What the hell happened? How did you charge all these hidden fees?" But essentially, as TransferWise just reveals that when you're using banks, there is some hidden stuff. So if you work with us, you'll be fine. Awesome. But the execution is very nice. Lovely, lovely. Um, and finally, uh, one from Nissan. Um, the uh, senior vice president for global design uh, shows how he works from home and keeps the kids entertained. Well, this is this sounds like it's going to be a bit of fun. Yeah, and uh, Nissan basically started this initiative, uh, hashtag draw, 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 where their internal team uh, published, I think, about 22 different uh, color books, coloring books that you can just download uh, from the internet, PDF, with their classic models, some concept cars, and then you just can uh, color them at home. And he showcases how he does it with uh, two of his kids. And hopefully it starts some sort of movements and keeps uh, parents and kids entertained. Yeah, I think this is, um, I mean, th this is really interesting because it's, it shows like an innovative approach to um, sort of going the next step with work from home. Um, I'm sorry I haven't done it for you guys. Would you like some puzzles? <laughs> no. No, we're we fine. I think we're fine. <laughs> the Sony PlayStation, maybe. Yep, the physical one. Yeah. All right. Um, look, uh, Arta, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Simon. Uh, stay safe, take care, and don't go insane. Mm, absolutely. And thank you, everyone, for watching the content show brought to you by Click2View. I'm Simon Carney, signing off for another week. Thanks for watching.